have never met a man named Julian. I've met a bunch of Julios. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll do Julian. You mispronouncing things is like one of my favorite things of all time. <laughs> it never gets old. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Spice Rag Pod. Today we have a really heartwarming childhood enemies to lover story, but before we get into love redesigned, Sav, how are you doing? Okay, I am on the borderline of being fantastic and also like falling apart. <laughs> like last week, Emily and I both shared a mental breakdown. I had one, she had one. But I'm also going to Europe in three days. So I like everything is breaking, but then it's going to be great in a few days. So I'm on the cusp of misery, but also on the cusp of excitement. (laughs) Almost there. (laughs) Almost there. What about you? So I have a few things. So it's just crunch time in the semester. I really am over whoever's designing women's clothes. Mm -hmm. I'm just over it. Mm-hmm. And especially with the holiday season, like, I feel like you wear a lot more outfits around the holiday season. I went to Target yesterday, and I really thought Target was on, the, um, was on like, the coming up. I was so fucking disappointed. Why are two tops, two top dresses out when it's 50 degrees outside? I will say, I shit on Target for their clothing a lot. Their shoes. Target made yes. so for Europe. I've been like so stressed of like it's raining nonstop and I'm walking all everywhere. What shoes am I gonna wear? Target has these winter boots that are like waterproof, but they're also like kind of cute and they're like a Chelsea boot and they are so comfortable. So yeah, I their shoes always and then they're like lounge clothes, pajamas, but like they're everyday clothes. I'm just like somebody has to be fired. I'm also pissed at Target because, and this is a hashtag big bitch problem, but their exercise clothes only go up to a size extra large and it all yeah. runs small. So like who the fuck, who the fuck is wearing this? No. And somebody told me, so I have been a big advocate for Walmart's clothes. So I went to Walmart because I'm just looking for like a cute dress for like a friend's giving. Why are there like 20 like Miss, like Miss Santa Claus dresses? Oh, like just like, are just like casual every day. Just- casual like you got some like ornaments I'm like this is not what I'm here for Walmart took the ugly sweater party and like fucking ran the with yard dash with it like they need to chill the fuck out people want ugly sweaters from like 1982 we do not want a Walmart 2023 ugly sweater no third on my list is I'm a bit fuck Elvis Presley so last week I went to see Priscilla if you want to see Priscilla, 20 out of 10 recommend to go see it. It was done by A24. So like the filming was a little bit like grainy. It's like look that it was like filmed like old school. Jacob Elordi's fine ass played Elvis. I was just like, I was like just kicking my feet and like grinning and my boyfriend's <laughs> like, are you okay? Um, Spice is like a zero. They don't, you don't really get into the spice. They don't show any of that. Bummer. But the story is so good and it really follows Priscilla. And on the opposite side, I think we have to talk about Taylor Swift. I've been dying to talk about Taylor Swift all day. <laughs> we have to talk about Taylor Swift. Her? Not a Swiftie. I don't know why. I but... think everyone on Sunday 
November 12th was a Swifty. Watching those videos of her running after the concert into Travis's arms, I was kicking my feet grinning. I was done for it. And she was like, karma is the man on the cheese coming like home straight to me. And like, I went like the jerk and he's just over here vibing and dancing. They're going to get married. This is not a PR relationship. There's no way this would be a no. PR relationship. No. If people are still saying it's a PR relationship, respectfully, you're so wrong. The best thing about this is that I was up late on Saturday reading this book. So I was boots on the ground as karma is the man on the chiefs because I was watching someone's TikTok live of the fucking concert and heard karma is the man on the chiefs i was boots on the ground it was rare i was there i remember it like that's how i feel <laughs> i like i had a little bit too much like wine so saturday i was like asleep by like 10 30 i woke up to sab i had a dm from sab i had a tiktok dm <laughs> i had oh, a text oh. message and oh, i was just i didn't have my glasses on i said well i need to put my glasses on because i was like i would jaw on the floor the way that her dad started filming him it's just this is it's i don't it's too much it's, he flew to argentina for like on his bye week to be with her at the concert um seth was in a deep sleep next to me it was i don't know <laughs> midnight somewhere around there i said seth wake up he was like is everything okay i said look at this video look at this video of taylor running into travis's arms it has the same energy as they hit the pentagon <laughs> That's how we're yes, all. Yes, yes. This shook everybody's world. This shook everybody's world. I'm obsessed. And I'm sorry. Everybody thought we were getting reputation TV. This was better. How about the fans in Argentina chanting reputation and then she sang, she did the now stand in the corner and think about what you did? Yeah. And did better than revenge. I'm telling you, I'm just like, Argentina won. Yeah, the fucking is it over now, out of the woods yet. I, I I'm unwell of this weekend. It was too much for me. Yeah, like has to be. So I'm battling the worst fucking heartburn of my life. Like oh, I am fighting the heartburn gods. Do you do take, is it Tums that you take for heartburn? I just took Tums, yeah. And I have to blame Chick-fil-A's peppermint coffee. Don't ever... Mm. Mm. It, was, it was so bad i'm a big peppermint fan yeah but it really tastes like rubble mints Ooh. yeah Ooh, everyone has had at least one bad experience with rumple yeah and that's what it brought me back to mm. i would also like to share that bella is in a cone for the first time in her life because bella had a little ear situation that was a cool thousand dollars I thought it was going to be $1,500, so I should be thankful that it's less than what I anticipated, which is why I had a mental breakdown last week, because I'm going to Europe in three days. And, like, do people have just, like, thousands of dollars, like, laying around? Because that's not the way that my life is currently set up, especially when I have everything in savings to go, like, have fun on vacation and, like, not be stressed about money. So, whole ass mental breakdown. However... The pro of this is that I've never seen my dog in a cone and she's 11 years old. It is hysterical. I have been cracking the fuck up all day. Bless her sweetheart. She's running into everything. She can't see shit. She can't hear shit. She's just like so lost, but she's so happy to be home. And she's just the happiest little cone dog. And it is adorable. But 
my dogs are dicks. Nala also got in a fight this weekend. I thought I was going to have to pay for another vet bill because she's fighting people while she's being boarded. I have had it with them. But Taylor Swift and Amsterdam are getting me through these couple of days. Sav texted me. She's like, I have to go pick up Mike Tyson from the sitter. (laughs) Yeah, when I got her, I was like, come on, Mike. Let's fucking go. (laughs) Our dog sitter, listen to this shit, has two pet turkeys. So I pull in the driveway yesterday to pick up Nala, who is outside with the dog sitter, because I think the dog sitter was like ready to just let her leave and like not come back, which is fair. And these turkeys. And I was like, are those your turkeys? She said, yeah, that's Tom. He was kicking a basketball around. The fucking turkey was. Tom? Tom the turkey kicking a basketball. I said, oh my God, that's crazy. They just casually have turkeys? Two of them. In Savannah. In Savannah, walking around their yard. They're in Georgetown, technically. That's That's crazy. Especially if he was playing basketball. That's a talented turkey. It was kicking a basketball around. I was like, that is a domesticated-ass turkey. That's pretty funny. Nala didn't try to fight the turkey, just the other dog. (laughs) My um, mental breakdown was because um, none of my jeans fit. And I don't, I think that, I think women have, I don't know if this is like a universal woman experience, but trying on your jean shorts right when summer starts and then trying on your jeans right before winter starts mm-hmm. and it's just not fitting right mm-hmm. is just the worst day of the worst day ever. My mom still talks about like one of the most traumatizing experience we had as a mother-daughter duo was jean shopping. Like the family was on the verge of breakdown every time <laughs> we had to go jean shopping because it was just a really bad experience all around. Yeah, I'm just, I become not a jean girly. I am a leggings and like a sweater girly or give me a dress and a skirt. But I have, the jeans have lost me at the moment. I want to become a trouser girly. Because the thing about mm-hmm. me going into the office and also working in chemical manufacturing is that I have to wear pants. So I do wear jeans a good bit. And I roll up into this plant with my Abercrombie, you know, the like split V yeah. jeans. Like I am that bitch rolling up into work. But I would like to become a trouser girly or like a cargo pant girly. See, I want to be a cargo pant girly. I would love I don't that. know if it's like, I think it's either like, I think the cargo pants choose you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think you choose. And I don't know that the cargo pants are choosing me. <laughs> I have been afraid, too afraid to even try on a pair. Mm-hmm. So um, I need to do that. I ordered some from Shein and I was humbled. But that could be because <laughs> it was Shein or because it was cargo pants. My mom has fallen into the team you trap. But the stuff has been popping off that she's been buying. Okay, I signed up for Timu because someone told me about it. They have sent me approximately 4,765 emails. Like, I am going to have to completely disregard that whole experience. I can't handle the emails. Yeah, so she has got me, like, three purses on there. She's got me a few dresses, Play. makeup brushes. So I'm just letting her have her Timu fun. I heard from somewhere that you can get, like, knockoffs on Timu. Like, oh. like like a Louis lookalike knockoff. Is that what you're getting? No, because they don't have, they don't have like labels. Okay. Do they look like close enough? I don't, I don't like know enough about designer bags. 
Okay. To know if it would be like a dupe or not. I am kind of contemplating getting into the DH gate game. I know. I feel like that's a slippery slope though. Once you once you start going, you don't stop. Yeah. I haven't decided yet, but I know people who are obsessed with DH. I just don't have the patience to wait that long. Yeah, I don't think I do either. So Shein is on there. Listen, I know like we're not supposed to be shopping at Shein, but like I needed some shit. Okay, so this is a judgment-free zone. And they delivered that in like literally four days. You said no, Shein has weeks. two weeks, two to three weeks. You'd want, but now it's like that's how cups she remember cups she used to be that way. Oh yeah. But now cups she's on Amazon. Two day delivery. Yeah. Cup she's the shit. That's where I get all my bathing suits. <laughs> yep. I got like three dresses from Cup She. I also had to go to Ulta today because I don't have any concealer. So that was my dilemma of today is that I'm about to go on this fucking trip and I need mini shampoo, mini dry shampoo. Um, concealer. Busy, busy week. Yeah. It's honestly so annoying that I'm expected to work. Like, do these people not recognize, like, I am busy? Like, you got to pack. You got to get ready to go. I have so many things to do, and I, like, can't be bothered to deal with y'all at all. That's how I am. Like, these next two weeks are so busy, and they're busy because of school and work. But I want to tell, like, school and work to, like, step aside. Yeah. Like, actually, I can't do this right now. I have other things to be doing. But... I went to Barnes and Noble the other day. I just strolled around. It was like a rainy Friday, mm. and the Starbucks holiday drinks were out. Um, they had four Iron Flame displays. Okay, so I was gonna talk about this. I haven't started Iron Flame. I got a ton of DMs to like my personal Instagram account over the weekend of people asking if I'd started, which I hadn't because I was reading. I was consumed by Love Redesign. This was the best fucking book i like i'm so excited to talk about it but i also have seen pretty fucking terrible reviews of iron flame so i'm kind of scared to start have you seen anything good no i have not seen anything good i've seen people like say that they want to like throw their book at the wall and i don't know if it's because the story like took too long or it ends like on another cliffhanger because that's the thing I feel like some authors, like, now you know you have an audience. Oh, so you're just going to keep finishing. Yeah, so people said that they, like, threw their books at the wall. They wanted to scream. I I haven't really heard anybody just be like, wow, that was such a, such a fantastic book. Yeah, and I'm hearing that it's, like, 400 pages of fluff and, like, 100 pages of, like, actual plot, which I just don't want to do right now. Yeah, and I don't know. The first one was okay. I'm not really a big fantasy gal. So the first one, I do think that it has be it's been massively overhyped. Like I think for all the hype that it's getting, it is not worth all that. But it was a good book. Like I liked it. I gave it five stars. Yeah, but no, they have like four displays. They said that like they have been having to go to the back like a million times to get it, and it's thick. Like, that's a thick book. So. Yeah, not. I'm just not. I don't I don't know what I'm into right now, but I don't think it's that. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. It's Barnes & Noble. If you were in the Atlanta area, I went to the one that is off of Peachtree Street. So it's, like, kind of in fact, a little bit close to Lennox. They had Laura Asher displays. 
Colleen Hoover displays. They had um, Anna Wang displays. They were, they had all, they had praise, all like Sarah, the Salicious Club series books. They had all of Sophie Lark's book. That was a stocked Barnes and Noble. Okay, slay. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know what I'm going to take with me because we have like obviously long flights and a couple of trains. So I'm not really sure. I think I'm just going to take my Kindle and like load up on my Kindle. But all I read this week was Love Redesigned. I will say I will be pre-ordering. I don't, she could write about wind at this point. I will be pre-ordering every Lauren Asher book. This is, this book was supreme. I'm so excited for the rest of the series. It was fantastic. Just what I needed. I really love this book. And this was also the only book that I read this week. I did buy the Graham effect at Barnes and Noble. So that's, so I've heard fantastic reviews about that one. So um, I am going to probably my next read. But no, Laura Asher, her F, I feel like people don't really talk about her F1 series anymore, which is like weird because F1, I feel like has hit like a peak with like popularity. Yeah. But all of her books have been just like bangers after bangers after Rushing bangers. It. Yeah, I agree. The other thing too is that, fuck, you said the Graham effect. Oh, we were going to read a book last week and I canceled and just redirected us so if anybody actually started reading between love and loathing by shane rose this was the cringiest book i have ever started in my life and i don't know if i just wasn't in the mood for it if it was actually cringy so i would like to be validated if someone could read it and just report back and let me know that would be great yeah i didn't even get started on it and then i just like pivoted to love redesigned yeah, it was just like, just, ugh, I, I was cringing. I was not, It felt like millennial humor, mm. which is just like not for me. You know what I mean? No, I'm not at that, I'm not at that stage anymore. Uh-uh, we're over it. Yeah, I'm going to start the Graham Effect. I'll let you know how it goes. Um, I just loved Briar You and that whole world. So I'm hoping that the Graham Effect is good. And then Hannah Grace, third book is Henry's book. Oh! Third book so is Henry's book. I'm so excited. She didn't really give us that much like teasers about it, but the cover looks great. I just know it's going to be great. It's going to be so great because I'm so obsessed with Henry. Yeah. So Hannah Grace knows how to write a man. So I have full faith in her. Exactly. Like I'm ordering the hard copy of that book. That's like Laura Ashford. Like those books are going to get pre-ordered. Yeah. But they are on the pre-order list officially. And it consists of Hannah Grace, Elsie Silver, the girl who wrote Done and Dusted, she, Lila Sage, she's on there. Lucy Score, Lauren Asher, like it, they are tried and true. Yeah. So getting into it. So um, for the dedication, <laughs> this was a pretty funny dedication. <laughs> to those whose love language is words of affirmation, your praise kink is safe with me and Julian Lopez. Did and you then- Julian? Isn't that, are we doing, saying Julian or Julian? I, I called him Julian, but it's interesting that you called him Julian. Okay, I'll call him Julian. Because <laughs> I know somebody who spells their name that way and it's Julian, but I'll call, we'll say Julian. I've never met a man named Julian. <laughs> I've met a bunch of Julian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll do Julian. You mispronouncing things is like one of my favorite things of all time. <laughs> It never gets old. Lauren Asher is a friend of the program. We've covered her before. 
and her ability to write swoon-worthy men is truly impeccable. Asher is a best-selling author of contemporary romance and enjoys writing about flawed yet relatable characters you can't help falling in love with in fictional worlds you wish were real. Her favorite activities outside of writing include crafting projects, spending time with family, and scrolling through Zillow. Books by Laura include her Dirty Air series and her Dreamland Billionaire series. And today we'll be discussing Love Redesigned, which is the first book in her new Lakefront Billionaire series and follows the childhood to enemy story of Julian and Dahlia. Before I begin, do you also enjoy scrolling through Zillow? Yes. That's like one of my favorite pastimes. At a peak. I just am always on there. Like, I will pass a house and be like, ooh, wonder how much that's worth. And I just have to look. Like, I have to know. Yeah, but then you see the price and then you're just like, hmm, interesting. Shocked. Yeah. That must be like a, a girly pop thing that everybody is doing is just looking through Zillow. I love that. Yeah, I, I don't think guys do that. I just, you know, when you think like you have a unique thing that you do and it turns out every other bitch is doing the same thing and it's just like this fun community thing that we all now do together. Yep. That's how I feel. I agree. Okay. Getting into this week's plot review of Love Redesigned, Dahlia and Julian. <laughs> okay, sorry. Dahlia and Julian grew up competing against one another from everything from silly pranks to a contest for high school valedictorian. Their close families always knew they were at odds. When they go to Stanford together, Julian finally acts on his longtime crush on Dahlia and kisses her. His joy is short-lived, though, when he finds out that his dad has passed and he now needs to manage his grief, his dad's failing business, and his depressed mom. 19-year-old Julian drops out of school, tells Dahlia that the kiss was a mistake and that he can't handle any of her distractions and heads home to Lake Wisteria to fix it all. Fast forward 10 years, Dahlia returns to Wisteria Lake brokenhearted after a failed engagement and losing herself. Julian is now a successful businessman and billionaire with a flame for Dahlia that never went out. Julian's mom asked him to help Dahlia feel more like herself again by working on a house together. Throughout the process, though, Julian realizes how much of himself he's lost without Dahlia there to be with him. I gave this book five stars. Listen, when it was towards the end and he confesses that he has bought the founder's house a while ago because he remembered that it was one of her three wishes like years ago, I was done for. Jaw was on the floor. I was like, I was like, the ability of this man to keep this a secret for that long. Fascinating. Dahlia was witty, sarcastic, and I was just in awe of how she expressed her emotions and like how she was just like raw about like what happened with her and Oliver, but also like what happened between like her and Julian. Like when she drank a little bit too much and like confessed that like he like really hurt her. We've all had that moment before. He, Julian, was just very hot, commanding, sarcastic, and such a hard worker. He cared so much for those he loved, but he hated everyone else, and I eat that up every single time. I love how the both continue to talk about their dads and how their grief helped build them into the people that they are today. I like the mentions of the Kane brothers from the Dreamland Billionaire series, and I think that them, the way that they were mentioned was just done so like tastefully. And I enjoy, I always enjoy seeing past characters. I really enjoyed that there was no third stage breakup and how the characters were able to have difficult conversations without there being a breakup. Because like, that's how most like relationships are. Like you do have these heavy conversations, but it doesn't mean that like, oh, the relationship is over. 
And I appreciated that the author highlights adoption because I feel like there is still this like taboo to this day surrounding adoption. And the story was so intimate, including their relationship between the moms. And it was just such like a beautiful and raw love story. I have a few points to discuss. He, him building the gazebo for her because Gerald, Gerald, right? Gerald couldn't finish the gazebo for Francesca. So like Julian finished the gazebo for Dahlia. And then this was a very relatable quote, but she says, sorry, the feminism left my body the moment you mentioned spiders. Like that is so relatable. And then I just think that this was just such a, like a hot thing for a guy to say. He goes, I knew she had an eye for modern rustic design. That much became obvious during my hours of researching her career. But seeing her in action takes my breath away. Just like him just being in awe of like seeing her like in her zone and working. And then the last thing is when he's like, she's telling him how he's telling her that like he's in love with her. He wants to move to San Francisco. And he says, turns out I'd rather build a home with you than a thousand houses by myself. I couldn't recover. I was so emotionally attached to this man and this couple. So good. So I also gave this five stars. I think this was like fixer upper meets vicious. And I'm dying at how much I love this. Julian was hot, sweet, handy, sarcastic, jealous, and a good girl king, which ticks off, ticks off every single one of my book boyfriend boxes. The entire cast of characters had so much love for each other, and I ate it up. The family dynamics, the legacy of their dads, the relationship between the moms, the small town cast, and then the conversation around depression, and then the really tough topic of choosing not to have children in the traditional sense. I, like, went on a little rant last week at the end of the episode of how I'm really sick of every single epilogue, including a pregnancy as someone who is like kind of trying to get pregnant and it's not going super well. And I just like want to thank Lauren Asher for doing such a good job of talking about this in a sensitive way and like talking about the alternative routes to have a family and also kind of talking about what family means. Like you don't suddenly have a family because you have a child, like your family can just be you and your partner or you by yourself. So I just, I'm really appreciative. This was like the perfect thing that I needed after being so frustrated by that in that book last week. So thank you for that, Lauren Asher. Julian never stopped being obsessed with Dahlia. And when you get to the end to find out that the house was always his, like I cried. I loved it so much. There's something so beautiful and intimate about childhood friends to lovers and stories about people that know each other best falling in love with each other. Like, I just think that there's like that history there, that intimacy, the knowing your wishes and dreams is just really sweet. The flirting and the banter in this book took me out when they're having the water fight, when they're doing the dishes, where she throws his phone in the sink and he like is wiping his face and flashes his abs. And she's like thinking to herself how hot he is. And she's like, I'm going to go get a mop or whatever. And he says, yeah, that's a good idea after, since you decided to drool all over the floor, like those little back and forth that they had and they're like one-liners and their quips. I was kicking my feet. Like, it was perfect. The fact that he paid her $100,000 for her old engagement ring to throw it in concrete. 
I love a blue collar man. And if a man mixed up fucking concrete to pay me 100k to throw my old engagement ring in the concrete like those together are all of my favorite things so I was I was blushing um this particular quote or thought that's going on inside Dahlia's head Julian's voice cuts out as his eyes blaze a trail down my body he blinks twice which is Julian code for fuck Julian appreciating my efforts to look good feels like a victory I didn't know I needed after years squeezing myself into a mold for someone else and she like really goes on about how she like had lost herself and was trying to find out who she is and I really loved this quote I lost myself over the years and became a fraction of who I was of who I was meant to be all because I thought that was a part of growing up I just felt like that was really relatable like I think sometimes people with big personalities like quiet ourselves because we think that that's what it means to be an adult. And so I just loved like her rediscovering her sparkle a little bit and like finding someone who loved that about her. And then my last quote, I love all the little ways he shows me he cares, like giving me the last piece from his sushi roll. Like he says like I'm about little actions like I'm not gonna have this elaborate speech and I'm not gonna I don't want to donate all this money like I want to do little things to show the people that I love and care about them and like giving him his last sushi roll that he loves so much giving it to her like he was so in love with her and I was just so obsessed one moment that I forgot to mention that had my my jaw on the floor was when she finally got to see his bedroom and it was decorated with everything from her collection. So he took favorites from each of her collections and decorated his room that way. I would quite literally faint. If I would that- propose on the spot. Like, I'm so obsessed. Yeah, this he is the definition of if he wanted to, he would. Yes. Like he literally bought her a house because she was bored for her to like remodel with him. He she was, was bored. So- he was so ready to, and I don't think that this gets enough, like, like neither of us talked about it because there's so many other things, but he was so ready. Like, if you want to be in San Francisco, I have made arrangements and I will make it work to be with you. Like, you don't have to give up your life to be here, even though I'm settled here and I have this successful business. Like, it can run without me. If you want to go live in San Francisco for a year, like, cool, I'm coming with you. Like, that is hot. That is so that is hot. hot. That's hot. Like, when she... I um, was deciding to go to Oliver's party, which that's a badass move that she did. He yeah. was like, okay, like, when do I need to be there? Like, hey, what's up? Like, no questions <laughs> asked. Like, it's just, I love that they didn't have a third act breakup and that he was just willing to figure his shit out. Yep. No, I love if I think that this book had a third stage breakup, I would have been pissed. It didn't need one because he was so no. emotionally mature emotional off the charts that's what's like getting me going these days is like a hard-working man <laughs> who is emotionally intelligent we've grown up so much I agree and like I yes the extravagant acts of display love it but like the smaller moments mm. are becoming like more of my favorite yes 100 percent okay so this book had all and it did have a good amount of spice so I'm giving it one and a half peppers how many peppers are you giving it Steph? I give it one. And I think it's just the perfect amount. I didn't need more. Yeah. I, I, like, I would have been happy. Like, I would have been fine with more. Yeah. But I wasn't like, damn, there wasn't enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, like, flowed, like, perfectly with their story. Yeah. So I have a few. So um, 
they're staying in this room. So it's the one bedroom. Did like the hotel, the one bed trope. And he's just like has too much. He has to like go and like take care of business in the shower. And she hears him. So she says, out of curiosity, let's say a special occasion, or you typically moan my name while making yourself come. And he goes, only when I'm thinking about you sitting on my face. He was not shy, was not ashamed that she heard him. No. And then he goes, so perfect for me. He curls his fingers and strokes my clit from deep inside, instantly making me see stars. The way Julian knows how to manipulate my body from all angles makes me regret doubting his skills in the bedroom. And this moment. So she's like giving him head and he says, turns out I like you better when you're quiet too because like she can't speak. It's like she's right. in her mouth. And then another scene, he says, keep talking and I'll gag you. And she goes, oh, with your cock. And he says, don't tempt me. He sinks one finger into me and my eyes roll as I'm overwhelmed by the sensation. But like this quote from him, I'm afraid you might have ruined sex with any other woman for me. How often does a man say that? Should be more. It should be a lot. Like, how often does a man? It's usually the girl saying that, like, oh, he's like ruining me for like, like, how many times is it the other way around? They were so hot. And you talked about the one bed trope. Listen, a one bed trope where their hotel neighbors are fucking and they play along like they are too. Big check. I rock back and forth hard enough to make the headboard bang along the wall. Instead of our neighbors worrying, they seem to be encouraged by our eavesdropping. Where do you want me? Dahlia's husky voice has my dick standing to attention. Sitting on my face sounds like a good start. She says, what? He says, you heard me. I tap my lips. Spread your legs and show me what's mine. Her face goes from pink to red. I, we, if you're going to run your mouth, might as well do it with your lips wrapped around my dick. Like, the short quips. This man was quick with it. And that's what I like. He did not stutter for a second. Not stutter for a second. And he was quick with the banter. He was on one. Okay. (laughs) He makes her play with herself and add another finger. He says, show me your hand. Another pretty little mess. And she orders, clean it. She She said, I'm going to take control. She was low-key taking control, and I was like, yeah, girl, you do it. It was giving me the confidence to, like, want to do the same. I agree. Julian says, I suck on her clit and curl my fingers inside her. She shakes her head. It's too much. There's no such thing where she is concerned. You can take it. I seize the sensitive spot, and I tease the sensitive spot inside her. She claws in my hand. Please, please let me come. Such good manners. I press my thumb against her clit. I am so in love with this man. There is, I like, say, please let me come, and he comes back with such good manners. I am fucking I'm done for. I'm ascending on the spot. Like, that is fucking... The short quips, like, it doesn't even have to be dirty. The ability to just, like, pop back so quickly is so fucking hot. Yeah. And, like, in all their conversations, like, it built, like, the tension when they, they, like, were still, like, enemies. Like, it was just, it was just perfect. I love a sarcastic, dry sense of humor. And Julian had it. And he had it everywhere, not just outside of the bedroom. Like, he was giving it back in the bedroom, too. And she, like, she, like, met it. Like, it wasn't, like, oh, like, it's awkward because, like, she, like, can't, like, match it. Yeah. So. 
it's giving banter. Yep. It was just the perfect amount of spice, in my opinion, for their story. Now, if the next one wanted to have, like, a little more, like, I'm not going to complain, but it was fine. (laughs) The next one is definitely about Rafa and the nanny, right? Gotta be. There is some major tension going on there. And I'm feeling vibes from the guy who wants to be the mayor and Dahlia's sister. That was another we were, like, teeing up for. Yeah, because I was, like, the one who wants to be mayor, he has to have his own book, or why would he be mentioned so many times? Mm -hmm. So he'll probably be, like, the third book. There's some, like, tea there. I don't know what it is, but, like, it feels like something's going on. I agree. Okay, should we get into discussion questions? We should. Okay, so we're going to get into some discussion questions. So, Sav, have you ever pranked someone? And if yes, what was the prank? Okay, I was thinking about this when they were, like, doing their little games and pranks and stuff. I remember teeping a house as a child. But, like, really, that's it. I never, like, did any crazy pranks. Have you? I never did any crazy pranks because I was – I would have been more scared about, like, the retaliation prank. Yeah. But sure. I, I've never, like, pranked anybody before. Okay. Another – speaking of, like, the human experience and how we all feel the same thing, I'm about to ask you a weird question. Okay. When you're, like, hiding or, like, playing hide-and-go-seek and you're, like, alone and, like, you're, like – adrenaline is pumping and you're like nervous do you feel like you have to pee yes and I like giggle and I like and I like giggle because so (laughs) my why so I was like I like probably mentioned earlier it's like I like was a part of like this volunteer group in my why and we would have these like overnights like probably twice a semester where like we would all go to the why after the why like closed and we play like games we go to the pool but one time we played hide and go seek with all the lights shut off in the Y and you were with teams. So it's like pitch black throughout this like two story gym. And I swear I've never had to like pee more in my life. Yeah. Why does that happen? So I feel like I couldn't do a prank because I feel like I have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I think also I think pranking and like doing a lot of childhood pranks is very small town and I just I grew up in the city so it wasn't like small like I feel like Lake Westeria like they're a small town so it kind of made sense but I think that in like the city it was kind of hard to prank I also feel like I don't know like none of my girlfriends as a child would have wanted to do that so like maybe if you have a bunch of boyfriends or like if you are a boy that's more of a vibe because I feel like my brother did that but I don't remember me ever really partaking. Yeah, I agree. Okay. How long would you pine for someone before you did something about it? What's your like time cut off? We all know me. I'm just going to keep pining. I don't really Forever? think I, say, I don't really think I would say something. 10 years is a long time to like have unrequited love for somebody. I don't think I could hold on yeah. to that for 10 years. No, I think it's, like, a different because they were always together because their moms were best friends. So, I think if I was in their situation, probably max, like, two to three years. Yeah. But 10 years, that's a re- that's an extremely long time. And, like, now, like, they got together and it's, like, you guys could have been together eight years Ten years, years ago. Yeah. yeah. My thing, too, is, like, to know while he – while she was in San Francisco and, like, he cared about her this whole time – 
Okay. Well, I'm going to say this because I like it when it happens in books and movies, but if it happened to me, I'd be fucking setting someone ablaze. Like, I feel like there's no harm in sending a text like, how are you? I'm in love with you. I've been in love with you since we were kids. Like, please don't marry him. You know what I mean? Like, I love that in a book or movie, but I would never do that. And like, he went to Stanford because she went to Stanford. So I get the feelings and a lot. And I'm just like, you guys wasted all this time. So much time. And she was, I mean, I guess she learned from the shitty relationship. So like, she can be thankful that she learned things, but also she could have just never dated him. Like she could have skipped that whole shit point of her life. Yep. Because Oliver was a piece of shit. And I'm sorry, if I have to marry into a family that requires genetic testing to make sure that I am breedable, I'm not going through that wedding. That was fucking crazy. Like some whack ass shit. And I know that probably happens. It's probably something that happens. For sure. But I, I'm giving that ring politely back. I would just like to say I become a lake girly, so I would love to have a house on the lake. I'm still a beach girl through and through. And that's okay. You can have your lake house. Yeah. I think I, I think, think I would live. I would live at the lake. Lake Wisteria is like a cutesy little town, you know? Yep. Like I like the vibes that it brings. Yep. So I think I I don't know. I just I would love to be in this little world. I do hate the concept of tearing down historical homes to build like new ones. So like I hate Julian a little bit for that, but I mean like he's he's making a bag, so I can't be mad about it because people are selling their property. It's not like he's shady, like stealing it, but it does suck that he's like tearing down historical homes. Yeah. He just does so much good things. I was like, I can ignore that one red flag. Yeah. Um, I'll leave that be. But can you imagine being the person that invented Zillow? Slay. I know. I know. <laughs> like swimming in money. That's the thing. When I like see people creating these things, it's like my mind would have never, ever like thought mm-hmm. of those ideas. The like, way it's just not built that way. Works with like technology and stuff. Like we could be living in the 1800s. If I was responsible for thinking of technology advancements we would not even have a light bulb you know what I mean <laughs> like we yeah have- like my brain just does not work does not work that way no but we'd be gossiping with no world. lights on you know what I mean we, like we, we'd be we, spilling hot tea <laughs> that's how my brain works we still contribute to the economy so um dude when I was getting my wax my girl she was like asking me questions I don't know. We're besties. Her name's Alicia. I'm obsessed with her. She asked me if I had any hobbies and I was like talking to her and she's like, I was like, do you have any hobbies? She goes, you know what? I just really love to hang out with my girlfriends and talk shit. It's like, (laughs) yes. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. My boyfriend does not agree with me, but I really think that hanging out with friends is a hobby and that is just something that I'm going to stand by. Hanging out with friends and talking shit is a hobby. I don't know that hanging out with friends alone is a hobby, but if you're hanging out with friends and like doing XYZ thing, I think it counts. Yeah, because my friends and I, we not get together like every two weeks. We grab our coffees and we go on a walk. Yeah. So we have like a little catch up. That's a hobby. And that you're talking, sh- I mean, I'm just going to assume you're talking shit about people for at least a quarter mile. Like that's, that's a hobby. Yep. So. Okay, moving on to what we're actually here to do um, and how we view Julian. This is my favorite part of the podcast. So this is where we describe how we think Julian would look, act, etc. 
So I picture Julian as Carlos Sainz. He's an F1 driver. He's incredibly handsome, but F1 drivers are tiny, like they're short. So I picture him as Carlos Sainz, but taller. Him in a hard hat would make me melt. He loves to spend his Sunday afternoons driving around and looking at property. Everyone in town knows how jealous he is, so men are a little bit scared of you. He builds you a walk-in closet, loves your house projects, and refuses to to pay a landscaping company to mow the grass. He sponsors everything in town anonymously, even though everyone knows it was him. And he checks in on his mom and never says no to a request from you or her. That's a good description. So for me, he reminded me of Julian for One Tree Hill. So it's who Brooke ends up with. And a big part was because he did everything that Brooke want, like needed him to do. And he was always there. So it kind of reminded me of that. So no matter what favor you need done, he'll do it in a heartbeat. He offers to host the cookout and will host all of your friends at like y'all's place. He gives you his credit card whenever you want to go shopping, and he pays for your nails every month. He has a black lab that he takes with him to the construction site at times. Like, he has, like, a black lab dog that's his best friend. He gets lunch with his mom once a week, and he never misses a date night. Everyone knows who he is, and he is a local at the local flower shop. Yep. That her mom owns. So sweet. So getting into the last segment, we have our boyfriend pyramid. So at the bottom, you have ultimate friends with benefits. Could be one time, could be multiple time. You're just like seeing how things go. And then at the top, you have meet the parents. He could be the one or just could be the right guy for this chapter of your life. Then you have white picket fence where you guys are happily married. You guys have your life in, in like the suburbs and you guys are living happily ever after. And at the top, you have God tier where they just have some extra, like nothing can beat the god tier people so sav where are you putting julian julian is god tier there is julian julian i don't care what you want to call him he is god <laughs> by f- top tier god tier for me oh yeah top he's tier. like at the top five percent of god tier you know who's his roommate why can i not think of the guy's name from tessa bailey the baseball player mm, i refer to that man as dansby swanson Yes, it's giving. They are their roommates. Yeah, their roommates. Their roommates. Well, I put Callahan Kane at God tier, so I'm just gonna have them live together. Oh, that's a good one. I have Callahan up there too. I was obsessed with Cal Kane. Okay, I just think this is the thing: the Kane brothers were hot and Dreamland billionaires, and then they got shit done in this book that made the mm-hmm. Kane brothers even hot, like putting her show. On, and one thing I really liked because the stream TV that was Callahan, right? Yeah, that was yeah. That was such a big project for Callahan. And he was so worried about that project, like and bringing that in, and then Hirsch Dahlia's show going on and like seeing that it's still successful. Like the Canes being like, meet me at the private airport. I'm like, you guys continue to get hotter. Mm-hmm. Like they keep getting better. Yep. I'm obsessed. This was just. I think this was the perfect read that I needed to read in this moment yes agreed like I read this at the right time I also love when I'm reading a book and it coincides with the time of year that I'm in like the fact that this really took place between Halloween and Christmas which is kind of where we are now like I'm obsessed you know Lake Wisteria kind of reminds me of I know that um you don't watch you watch Gilmore Girls right yeah okay it reminds me of their town Stars Hollow yeah 
Yeah. Like Lake Lucy reminds me of Stars Hollow. You have like the festivals. Like and everybody all the festivals knows each other. And, like the wacky characters. Yeah. The shops. Yeah. No, it, it, I this definitely was, yeah. This was very like Gilmore Girls coded for me. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode of The Spice Rack on Love Redesigned by Lauren Asher. We were huge fans of this, huge fans of Julian Julian. <laughs> so we hope that you are too. <laughs> And we will not have an episode next week because I will be traipsing around Europe. And then it's also Thanksgiving when we would be recording, right? Yeah. Yeah. Next week is Thanksgiving week. So have a happy Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. Have a happy Thursday if you're not. And we will see you the week after with a book that we're going to figure out what we're going to read at a later time. (laughs) Bye, guys. Have a safe holiday. Bye.